Welcome to the More Than Just Dumbbells podcast. My name is Jason Lindsay. And my name is Kitty Truex. Of Kitty and the Entourage. That's correct. Is everybody in the Entourage still part of the Entourage? Any you know bands coming? Right. Sometimes people come and go, but you guys are all doing pretty good? Yep. So I, I saw on, on Facebook, uh, and you probably have it maybe- They're apparently going to rebrand that. What? They're in the, the process of rebranding Facebook. That's not where I was going with this, but okay, but th- that's news to you. me. They're, yeah. they're going to call it something else. Yeah, it sounds like it. <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> the Facebook. No, uh, yeah. so the I saw a video of you singing with the entourage, or no, somebody else singing, singing a, a, a wagon wheel. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you like that song? It's all right. Yeah, we sing that. Is that one of the entourage guys singing it? Yes. Okay, so he's a band member. Correct. Yeah, he's pretty good. I like yeah. I like the way he did it. You just kind of have to stand there and dance and. You know, I do the backup vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah backup. Yeah, you yeah. do the back backup vocals very, very well. The uh, yeah, song by who? Who's that song by? Darius Rucker. Yeah, who wrote it? Ah, that's a great question. You know the answer. M- Minnesotan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Who dare? He didn't write it in Minnesota because he's been gone for years. Bob Dylan. Really? Mm, it's Bob Dylan. A Bobby Dylan there. Yeah. Did you know that, Dan? I did not know that. Old Troll Medicine Show sang it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Darius took it, but Bob Dylan wrote it. Probably Rock and roll. Yeah, there you go. Rock and what, roll. So when are you playing again with the Entourage? Coming up soon. And is there a song you end every? You, you end it with Purple Rain. Is that what you end it with? I end Purple Rain and then my entourage or uh, oh. my encore, which is what my Ballroom Blitz. Is, no, uh, hard to handle. Hey little thing, let me light oh. your candle because mama, I'm short. Great song. So the so does so if if you if people that follow and you've got to have like bobos right, you got to have the oh, uh, yeah yeah they know that after yep. Purple Rain you're not done. You're coming out exactly. and, and doing what it, what encore. I mean. encore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we make them we make them work for it. So I like it. Is there a song that you start with every time? Yes. Which is I'm what? here for the party, yeah. Don't know that one. Gretchen Wilson. Okay, cool. Yeah. Gretchen Wilson? Yeah. Of Wilson Phillips? No. Oh, sorry. And then you mix Ballroom Blitz in there somewhere. Yeah, we rock and roll. Who sings that? I don't know. Sweet. Who. Yeah, we, we've had this conversation sweet. before. Uh-huh. The the uh, Sweet. the gal from Wayne's World that's who sings that's it. right Tia Carrere yeah is she still a thing she's still I, around no, no I haven't seen her around no, she probably comes to your show <laughs> the, are you, are you playing this weekend when when you when you go and play well I know the answer to this so never mind I'm not going to ask that okay well no I don't know the answer does Ryan come mm, sometimes he does yeah yeah somebody's got to stay home with the dogs that's Segway. true my three Segway, dogs Segway you got three dogs that look like teddy bears apparently that's correct yeah teddy bear little Ewoks yeah. Are they friendly? They're very friendly. So if I walked in, they wouldn't like go, who the hell nope. is this guy? They'd they would like, let me know you were there. Yeah. Oh, and then, yep. They would let me know that there's like a chorus. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazingly annoying. But yeah, they'd let me know you were there. They're a great If I doorbell. lay down on the ground, they just start jumping on me? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're on their level, bro. Yeah. I, so I do that when I go visit dogs. It's I just, phenomenal. I lay down because I like being on the ground. So we have, who do we have on today? We have Robert Cabral. Team Cabral. Bob Cabral, you say? No. Does he go by Robert? I'm not sure. We'll have to ask him. So who is he and what does he do? He's a dog trainer and apparently a very, very good one. Yeah? Yeah. Does he- A canine trainer. Yeah. I see see the the dive he did in the- Sounds like he works with military, like uh, police, police dogs. A lot. Okay. I saw some of those questions in the dive that you did. Does he, I mean, how did we get a hold of him? How did we find him? Do you know? He tags Power Block. Uh, he utilizes Power Blocks uh, because here's the thing that I absolutely loved. I, I always deep dive on the Instagram, yeah. on the IG. Yeah. And a lot of the videos that he has out are of him working out because yeah. he works out every yeah, day yeah. with his Power Blocks. And then all of a sudden he's got his dog, Goofy or Maya, behind him yeah. on a treadmill. 
running there while he's doing his workout. They work out together. Is this like a is this like a tre- a human treadmill? Yeah, it, it's a it's a yeah yeah, yeah dog. Yeah, we're the leash. The dog the, yeah, absolutely. He's got two dogs. I think he has three. No. So you guys have that in common. I think he has three. three. I'll ask. Yeah. I'll have to ask. Why have Why have only two dogs when you can have three? Get another one. They said. Yeah. Cool. Well, Robert Cabral's coming up. We'll get him on the phone. Anything else Looking you want to talk about before we get him on? Any, what are you most excited to ask him? Okay. I actually want to know how do you get into training canines? Yeah. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a question yeah. of all questions. Yeah. And then also, I, I kind of want to know things about how to deepen your relationship with your dog in order yeah. to train them more efficiently. Do you think he knows more about what dogs are thinking than the rest of us? Probably more. <laughs> I would I would hope do, so as a dog trainer. Do, do you think he's been bit? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Love to ask him that one yeah, too. Yeah. Cool. I, I think he deals with a lot of gr- aggressive dogs and stuff too. All right, we'll take yeah. a little, a little bit of a station identification break, and we'll be back with Robert, Robert Cabral. Cabral. You're listening to the More Than Just Dumbbells podcast, sponsored by PowerBlock. After the show, head on over to PowerBlock.com and check out the wide variety of adjustable dumbbells. Please, they pay our bills. We would appreciate it. And now, back to the podcast. And we're back, Kitty, and we've got him on the phone. We got Robert Cabral. He's here. Robert Cabral, we're super excited to have him. Thank you for your time, Robert. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Welcome. It's great to have you. Well, thanks. Robert, we uh I like well, I like to start off by asking, you know, what part of the world are we talking to you in? Are you in the United States? Are you in Yeah. <clears throat> I'm in Los Angeles, just a little bit outside of Santa Monica, near Santa Monica and Malibu. Nice. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah, really nice. Great weather. I bet. Great, great, Beautiful great weather, vibes. I bet. Oh, yeah. And where did you grow up? I really grew up in so many different places. Mm. I was born in Providence, Rhode Island, and I moved with my mom to Germany, where she was from. Mm. Uh, my, my father was from Portugal, my mother from Germany. Mm. So we moved back to Germany for a while, so German became my first language. Then we moved back to the States about seven, eight years later. And I lived in New Jersey, Florida, moved to California, called California home, been here 35 years about. And, and that's it. In between, I lived in Europe and uh, Nashville for a while as well. Wow. You've been, ar- you've been around. And Robert, we've got you, we've got you on the podcast because we, you tag us a lot, use the power blocks. We'll talk a little bit about that, but this podcast isn't yeah. to promote power block. We're just, we're sponsored by power block, powerblock.com. I'm sure everybody's, you know, you've, you've heard of it, but, uh, but you know, you're, you're you're a dog person, but yeah. I was asking mm-hmm. Kitty in this. She does this deep dive, Google's, and you know finds some things out about you, so we can ask ask questions. And one of them I yeah. had that what what is your do you have a job title? What do you call yourself? <laughs> I don't. Uh, people call me the bad dog, but <laughs> my license plate says bad canine. But I don't really have a title. I do everything from training dogs. I have a I have a website where I do online training. But I really focus on getting people to enhance their relationships with their dogs. Spent 12 years in shelters throughout the country teaching animal shelters how to better understand canine behavior, save thousands and thousands of dogs through that process. But it's just getting people to really understand the power of communicating with your dog better because people just don't do it. They get a dog and it, it either works out great, which it does most of the time, but then when it doesn't, they're confused and lost, and it's not a really hard relationship to figure out. They've co-evolved with us for thousands of years, so just getting some basic understanding under your belt really can, can help that. 
That's awesome, and we've got questions related to that. We're going to ask you, but how did mm-hmm. you know? Tell us how you got into this profession. Has this been for many years? Is this <clears throat> something you stumbled into? Yeah. Did you go to school? Yeah, for it was it? A, <laughs> no, it was a total accident. I'll tell you, I was teaching karate, and huh. I worked as a that was my I worked as a bodyguard. I've been in martial arts for my whole life and fitness as well. So I really that was my passion. And then it kind of led me through doing photography and stuff. And I actually stumbled into an animal shelter because I had a dog that I just loved. And I stumbled into an animal shelter. I was donating food. And I went into the back and I saw what these animals were dealing with in shelters, that they're just breaking down. Their mm-hmm. behaviors were bad and everything. Mm-hmm. So I went and took some pictures. And then it just changed my life. From that day on, that was, in, that was actually in Nashville, Tennessee. I went to the National Animal Care and Control there. And I said, something's got to be done. So I would go and take pictures and make, make these videos of these dogs. And I would work with them a little bit, you know, give them a treat or, or, or figure out what they were kind of having an issue with. When I moved back here to Los Angeles, I went into the Los Angeles City Shelter System and sat down with the director, the, the, the general manager of the organization. And I said, you guys have to do better. Ooh. You know, and the person at that time said, what can we do? And I started a partnership with them. This is going back 12 years now that um, has lasted as me being a complete volunteer outsider. I've taught behavior programs through everything. But the way the dog training started, just because that was the, the nexus of your question, is I took these dogs. I was kind of taking them out and getting them adopted out to people or sending them to rescues. And my veterinarian, Dr. Lisa, said, who's training these dogs? And I said, well, nobody. She said, They're just, you know, I'm just having with me for a day or two. And I'm just getting them into homes. And she said, well, you're doing something with them. I said, yeah, but I mean, I'm not a dog trainer. And she said, well, you will be now. And Ooh. she automatically started just <laughs> referring people to me. And, mm. and it was just a job I didn't want. You know, I, did, I didn't think it was anything special. I still, to this day, think dog training is so easy because it's just, it's just communicating. And when I was teaching karate, I would communicate to people how to learn this ancient art form. So teaching dogs how to understand what I was trying to say I found relatively simple. Wow. So if, yeah. if I were to ask you, as, as a person who owns three dogs myself, mm-hmm. what would be maybe the top three things that you would have people focus on? Or what are the best tips for training your dog? Well, I think the most important thing is, is your relationship with the dog more than training, right? How does your dog see you and how do you see your dog? Do you anthropomorphize the dog and give them all these human responsibilities and all these conversations? Do you give your dog a good level of structure? Because dogs see, human beings, we see love first and then there's somebody that we go with the structure, we'll understand them, we'll accept it. Animals, especially dogs, are very, very different because they see structure first as safety. So if you can, get, and you know, when you tell your dog to do something, if they don't do it, you should enforce what you've asked for because you're only asking for it in their best interest. So for example, you tell the dog to stay and the dog gets up and walks around. Then, you know, some people say, well, no, no, I told you to stay. And they kind of keep repeating the command. Structure means what I ask for, I get. Mm. And I make it very, very serious. Because if I tell my dog to stay and there's a car coming by and he runs in the street and gets hit by a car, if I haven't taught him solid structure, that's my responsibility. So I focus on that more than anything, that structure, structure, structure with dogs. I get what I want and I don't ask for things, you know, for no reason. Robert, are you, is there, 
are there major or at least subtle differences in breeds as far as what you can? Oh, there's major, yeah, I major, yeah, major differences. Yeah, I think this is where people kind of do a huge harm to animals, to dogs in particular, because they don't understand that there is that difference. So people get dogs. For example, I've got a Belgian Malinois and a German Shepherd, working line German Shepherd. These are very intense animals. They need a lot of outlet for their for their brains and for their bodies. So they need a lot of fitness. Like a lot of times you'll see when I tag you guys in a post, I um, always have my dog on a treadmill. Yeah, I was so, talking yeah. about that. It's, Amazing. Right? So, yeah, so they need more than just that little walk. And now this is for a dog like this. But people get dogs that, you know, lean towards dominance. For example, I've got a good buddy of mine, Joey, who's, who's a private trainer, you know, military mentality. And he has a Sakita. He's had three Akitas. He's probably one of the only people I think is well equipped to own an Akita, hmm. because it's a very stubborn, hard-headed breed that doesn't really work well in normal life. You know, it's not the kind of dog that you're just going to take to the mall and walk around. And every time I say that about a dog, people say, "Well, my Akita." Well, that's fine. You've got the rare exception, but you're dealing with a you know a breed that was bred for dominance. It was it was bred to be hard-headed. I actually want to go back to when you were talking about structure. What I'm hearing is that if you create a structure, you have to have the integrity and take the responsibility to back up what it is that you've said to that mm-hmm. dog or that person anyway. Absolutely. Uh, kind yeah. of maintaining your word in that with integrity. Yeah. I mean, structure flows through everything in our lives. You know, and I always tell people that, well, you know, why does it have to be so serious? And I said, well, why do you have to stop at a red light? That's not really that serious. You know, structure is what keeps us as a species alive. And people tend to overlook that because they get very lackadaisical. Just like with, you know, I mean, think of what what you guys are really preaching. I mean, fitness. I mean, it's just Mm. the most important thing in our lives that we do to kind of keep us in our best state mentally and physically. And I I think that is the same with our dogs. Mentally and physically, we want And mentally is most important because we're mentally not strong enough to – be structured to get up at five in the morning and start working out or to take our dogs and teach them something for 15 minutes twice a day mm-hmm. and it's going to fall apart robert is there a <clears throat> is there something that people that like a common thing people do w- with with a dog whether by a certain breed that just drives you nuts like what's 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 number one on your list of things that people do a pet pet peeve yeah pet peeve i'll tell you my biggest pet peeve is people have their dogs off leash and can't control their dogs <laughs> Because you're putting two different people, you know, you're putting two animals at risk and possibly a person. You know, now when I see people at the park, if their dog's off leash, I don't say anything because I assume that you have your dog under control. But if your dog runs up to my dog, my dog's not going to do anything. But but my dog, if your dog bothers my dog, you've probably got to worry more about me. Yeah, ooh. So, yeah, it's it's very irresponsible. People who do that all the... And dog parks are... I hate dog parks. <laughs> you know? Why because so? Because dog parks... I'll tell you, it's, you know, you think, okay, here's this guy who loves dogs. He's dedicated his life to dogs. Well, dog parks, dogs... People say, well, dogs are pack animals. And that's true. They are pack animals. But they don't cross pack. In other mm-hmm. words, if I'm in mm-hmm. my pack and a new person comes in, that dog or person, whatever has to be acclimated into that pack. It has to be accepted into mm. the pack. And before that happens, there's usually somewhat of a struggle. And mm. there are people who will tell you that that's not true. But, you know, then there are people that tell you a lot of things. People <laughs> tell you that the earth is flat, you know? <laughs> wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking from more than pet dog experience. I've spent 12 years in shelter environment dealing with 
hands down the hardest, most aggressive, dangerous dogs in the country, possibly the world. Um, and I've had success. I've never had a serious injury on another dog. I've never had an injury on a person in any of my programs. That's been tens of thousands of dogs probably. So when I say something, I'm speaking for the best interest of the dog, really, that dogs don't really want to go run around like idiots in a park. Right? They want to do something with their person, right, right. and they Love want it. to do something structured. Yeah. You know, but that's just that's our lazy mentality because anytime somebody takes their dog to the park, the excuse is, oh, I want my dog to get exercise. But you're too lazy to yeah. give the dog the exercise. So you're going to text and stay on Facebook the whole time your dog is exercising and you don't know what your wow. dog is mentally going through. Call him right? out, Robert. So well, I, I mean, tell him I've the truth. That all the time. No, this yep. is yeah. awesome. It's amazing. This, yes. I love it. So, Robert, yeah. <clears throat> I want to get a border collie now. Okay. And. And I, I believe I know what I'm getting into, but you would be able to tell me. I, I understand that I'm going to take this dog running every day, and I want to, and I do, and I'm, I'm active. But I also got to stimulate this dog mentally. Like we're talking, mm-hmm. like create create mazes. And I mean, is that am I right? I I can't just yeah. I can't get a border collie and yeah. think I run four days a week, ten miles, you know, or five miles a crack, and that's it. Right. Right. Well, yeah. So one thing we have to think about is we exercise differently than animals, right? So mm. dogs tend the way they're built. If you Go to Africa and you'll see, watch a cheetah chase down an antelope. You know, they, they run, they can run so far, then they get it and that's it. Animals are kind of built purpose-driven. So in other words, they can, I put my dog on trail never longer than 15 minutes. Okay. Mm. Because it's, it's the, their body isn't mm. made for that. Their mm. body is made to do a, a task and it's over. So dogs have to figure things out. So teaching your dog obedience things, even trick things, I, I mean, personally, I think people who teach their dog tricks, like the dancing with their dogs and all that stuff, is just awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Especially border collies, um, Australian shepherds, Malinois, mm-hmm. those kind of breeds that really need that mental stimulation. You're going to think how these dogs, they figure out how sheep run right. and they're cutting them off right. and then they're working with another border collie to, you know, and they're communicating without ever saying a word. So yeah, I was telling you about the book Chaser, the Border Collie. It's a fantastic book about the power of this dog. It's the most intelligent live was this dog Chaser. Who could just read the book? It's the most amazing book we can do an Chaser. hour podcast Chaser. on. Chaser, okay. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. Chaser, the Border Collie. It's a fantastic book. Is it's it, a great breed. Is it true that you can't teach an old dog new tricks? No, it's not true. There, you can't teach a new dog new tricks if the dog is is not. And I hate to say this, but there's just certain dogs that are not smart. Right. There's just like certain people are not smart. We kind of get away from that. We say, oh, all children are, you know, are, 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 are can be superstars, but they can't just like all dogs can't be. And it's so unfair that people put those things on their dogs. They get a dog and they say, well, I'm going to do this with them and that with them and this with them. And the dog's not cut out for that. We have a black Labrador that my wife has. She got him as a retired seeing eye dog. He's the most mellow, chill dog in the world. Now, she got him to do agility, which was insane right and it's like crazy that she was able to do it but for the most part people get these dogs and then either they try to force the dog too much and the dog can't handle it or they try to get the dog to to exercise too much hypothetically like um sometimes people get certain breeds that aren't made for it old and young doesn't really matter as much my dog is 11 and a half years old and he's still doing new things and he acts like a puppy mm-hmm. but that that's his spirit is that no, that's goofy goofy that's goofy and then you've got Maya, the too, right? Labrador. You've got three dogs? Maya, yeah. Now, Maya, okay, so Maya is the example. Maya, a German shepherd, is one of the most intelligent breeds in the world, mm. but she, she's not smart. She oh, no. 
<laughs> no, I love her to death. But I can honestly say when I when and you can tell this, you know, if you're a teacher, you just know who's going to make it. Yeah. Right. For sure. And and she just I could tell right away. She's just a sweet, loving, perfect, beautiful dog. But she's not bright. Yeah. You know, and and, it, and I accept that. And I think yeah, there's a power yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. You know, not everybody's going to look like, you know, like Michael Hearn. Right. Not everybody's going to yeah. be, yeah. you know, a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> And I know Mike, so it's like you go know, check out that podcast. By the way, we've had him on our podcast. Oh yeah, you're yeah. friends oh, with Mike. Mike. Great, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, so you know, but but you have to be realistic. Like everybody wants it, and people go, "Oh, you can do it. You can do it." No, you can't. American Idol proved that. You know, you have too many people who they get wow. boosted and boosted and boosted, yeah. and then you, you then you get embarrassed. Yeah. It's just not. It's not fair. Wow, I love it. What's the dumbest dog breed? You know, I don't think it's by breed. Okay. I tell you, I you know, I would usually say a dog like an Afghan, right? But I know a woman who 15 years ago I was talking to her about dog training. She said she took an Afghan and put a utility title on it, which is insane. Like, wow. But it's not necessarily the breed. You'll have dogs that are lower in drive. For example, bulldogs are very low yeah. in drive. <laughs> that makes sense. So we think they're stupid, but they're not stupid. They're, they can be intelligent, <laughs> but they're harder to motivate and to train. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Just like people. But, um, but, yeah. but it's, it's the same thing yeah. as people. You that can't sense. say one... If, if we were to say to a people like, "Hey, what what race of people or what nationality of people are stupid?" Well, oh my God, everybody jumps through. Oh, don't even ask that question. It's horrible to ask that. Yeah. But we say it about the dog, yeah, right? right. Well, what breed of dog? Yeah. <clears throat> so there are really small like border collies, Malinois are going to be German shepherds. They're going to be at the top of the food chain just because they're bred to interact more with us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that makes them easier to train. Sure. So it's the interaction and the relationship yeah. and the yeah, time and energy you put into the dog that really helps yeah, the training. we call training. it the bitability. Okay. You know, the bitability of the dog. That makes, like Labradors are so very biddable because they want to uh, do things with us. They want to be near us. And yeah. that's what they're bred for. And please. Right? That's, yeah. yeah. And to please us. Yeah. 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 Wow. This is so awesome. Yeah. Well. Now, if, if I were uh, someone who wanted to start training my dog, how would I find mm -hmm. you, Robert? Where would I go to find you? And- and when I do look on your website, what am I going to find? Well, I mean, I made it really simple. I started years ago and just I started because I was doing very well in my dog training. I felt bad that people wouldn't have access to really good dog training everywhere in the world. So I started a YouTube channel. And then that took off. And it's a very it's a different YouTube channel than the other ones. I mean, a lot of the YouTube channels, there's a lot of clickbait and it's all catchy kind of stuff and it wasn't all about that. Like my whole life has been about doing things at a different level. So I put a channel together with really good basic instruction and then people wanted more. So I started my own website that has a membership section that people can go and learn everything from basic teacher dog to sit to advanced level obedience. Wow. Yeah, and it's fun. It's, it's probably the most fun thing I've ever done because I get to hear from people all over the world who either follow me on YouTube or are members of my site and will say, God, you know, I've watched your video and it changed my life with my dog and that means more to me than the 10 15 bucks a month i charge for the membership it's really about feeling good about something it's like you know you're not just selling you know they, they always said you don't sell a greeting card you're selling an emotion and when i sell my membership i don't sell a membership i'm selling a solution to a person's problems mm. and really an enhancement to their relationship right. wow no that's awesome before we get into trivia robert do you want to chat a little bit about working with military dogs and police canines? Sure. Yeah. I mean, what do you want to know? Well, how did you get into it, and what's uh, you know what's different? How's about it, that? Yeah. How's the training different 
with them? Well, I don't train military dogs personally. I have friends who do it and are at the very, very top of that chain. I've trained um, a lot of protection, personal protection dogs, and that came from my background in martial arts and having worked as a bodyguard. So the do- these dogs are different than the sport protection dogs in that they don't have that flashy obedience per se because they have a job to do. So if you look at somebody who is, let's say, a, uh, a character or like a, a person who plays a fighter on TV, they, they might not necessarily really be a good fighter, but they make it look really good. Mm-hmm. So military dogs are they're really aimed at one purpose, and that is making what my call my friend Steve Stoops says making man primary. So um, sport dogs or even protection sport dogs will be geared on what's called equipment. So in other words, they're going to bite the sleeve or they're going to bite the legs or the whatever, the, 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 the big Michelin man suit. Where a personal protection dog or a military dog, police dog, is trained to bite the man. And it's a very hard jump for any dog in the world to bite a human being. Oh. So you'll see even like when I work with dogs who, who people say the dog is aggressive, I'll put some padding on and I'll let the dog bite me. I would say eight out of 10 dogs who actually bite, once they bite, it's a very, very strange and a very foreign feeling to them and they don't, they don't enjoy it. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's not bred into them. It's, it's been bred out of them, right? Mm. Dogs sure. don't want to do that. We've, we've bred them for thousands and thousands of years. We always culled the dogs that were aggressive. So it's just recently since people started things like dog fighting that you're, you're bringing that behavior back in. Back into the mainstream. Where, hmm. Yeah, and you don't want that. It's a horrible quality in the dog. It's like, you know, people who are aggressive. It's, you, you, want, you want a good society of dogs that are just that are getting along and that are amicable and that don't attack babies and old ladies. So I want you to actually go back because I, I did a lot of video searching and a lot of videos on your Instagram is you actually working out with your dogs. Like mm-hmm. you said, you have, you know, Maya and all of them in the background. Mm-hmm. Now, how would you tell people to be active with their dog every day? If you can't go for a walk, what are some things that you can do with your dog for your dog, you know, to kind of supplement activity? Does that? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, first of all, and I, I'm not saying this because I'm on your podcast, but I think per, taking care of yourself first, taking care of putting your oxygen mask on first is primary. So you have to be in shape mentally and physically, right? Before you start saying, oh, I'm going to take my dog for a walk because the walk isn't everything. Like if you think walking your dog two miles or so is, is it, it's not enough. The dog needs, you know, different things. And it really entails mental games more than it entails the physical. So the dog, let's say you run them. I put my dog on a treadmill because I like to get their heart, their heart rates up and I don't want them chasing a tennis ball or running around in a dog park or twisting their ankle or tearing, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a muscle. So I like the idea of the, hand, the treadmills, but I don't like electric treadmills because it forces the dog to do something that they might not be apt to do. So I, I really think walking with them is good, but doing some training with them, some sure. like agility training is really good. Some basic obedience training that, you know, making the dog sit and making the dog wait, you know, our, big thing is we got to consider that we're putting together our mental and our physical powers when we work out. We have to know what we're doing. We have to do it in good form. We have to think about that same thing for the dog as well, that we don't want the dog doing something stupid, just letting him run. Like Let's, let's say he keeps throwing a Frisbee and the dog keeps jumping up. Well, eventually, it's not what the dog is built for. So the dog is going to hurt their lower spine by doing that. And people don't think that. Yeah. 
you know, wow. and running a lot, you'll have dogs that you know tear their ACLs all the time. It's very common, and, and especially border collies, Australian Shepherds, Malinois, you know, all those dogs. And Mal, Maya, my German Shepherd, tore her um, ACL. She had GPLO surgery, but you know, luckily we're able to heal her and get her back. But sure. It's 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 we have to be in shape. We we must make that our number one goal, and then we can expect it of our dogs. You know, taking for a walk, doing obedience exercise. And doing little different things, like, you know, if you can go hiking with them, that's nice because there's different terrain. That's really what dogs, I think, are meant to do. I don't think they're quite working out like us, but they're just very nomadic. They're going to go around. And if you ever look at animals in Africa, they're in great, like lions and tigers are in amazing shape, and cheetahs and leopards. They don't exercise, you know. It's exercise to get food. Right. And making your dog work for food is another really good thing, you know, making them take a walk and then feeding them mm, or making mm. them sit and stay and do some obedience and then feeding and puts that mental muscle mm. uh, synapses together. What an amazing perspective, the, Robert. This has been, yeah, let's, we're going to get into trivia, but this is, I've learned more about dogs in 20 minutes yeah. than I ever did all my 40 years I could talk to you for hours, brother. Thank you so much. The, uh, You're an expert. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. We, and we, we've got more questions, but we like to keep our podcast to a certain you know minute level, sure. Robert. So we might get you on again. I don't know. We'll sure. see You know, if, if you're so I kind, but- but let's get let's get let's get with it. Let's get to what RobertCabral.com. Correct. I don't believe that was said yet. So RobertCabral.com. RobertCabral.com. Yes. Yep. What are we doing now, Dan? All right. Now it's time for the fitness inquisition. Yay! You know I never expect that fitness inquisition. All right, here's how it's going to work. We've got five magical fitness-related trivia questions. Magical. Magical. Yeah. (laughs) uh, When I say fitness-related, they are loosely related. In fact, today they're not really related at all. But anyways, the way it's going to work is I'm going to ask the questions. If you know the answer, shout out your name. So we're going to use your name as your buzzer. So the first name I hear, I'm going to give you the opportunity to answer the question. If you get it right, we'll let you know. If you get it wrong, we'll embarrass you. So it's just that simple. No pressure. And um, we won't embarrass you. I'm yeah. just kidding. Every man for himself. And Robert, me. if you have the opportunity to best our two hosts today and win, mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. send you a free t-shirt. Yeah. So, oh, okay, great. Power block. All right. Is everybody ready? Let's do it. Ready? All right. First question. What is the length of an Olympic swimming pool? Jason. Ooh. Jason? Uh, 60 meters. That is incorrect. I'll go with an even 100 meters. Yeah. Don't know. That is also incorrect. Robert? Any guesses? 50 meters. Oh, yeah. ah. That is correct. 50 meters. All right. Good job. Nice one. Question number two. He's on the board. Leading the pack. Question number two. What is the largest known living organism on Earth? Jason. Jason? It's it's in the ocean. It's, shoot. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I just gave you guys the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know Just to clarify, it is not in the ocean. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh. Good. I would have got it wrong then. Just to clarify, it's not in the ocean. The biggest living organism. Organism. Correct. Oh, I know what it is. Robert. Robert? Is it like a, like, I watched a special about mushrooms. It's like a mycelium or some some kind of a mushroom. 
Well, there is a mushroom organism that is extremely large, but there is one organism that is actually larger than that. Hmm. I'll say a tree. Can you be more specific? The redwoods. No, I have no idea. It is the aspen grove. Aspen mm. Would have got that wrong. Never mind. Yeah. Yes, the wow. aspen. The aspen forest that you see is actually one organism. It's called. Wow. A, is it called? Wow. Is it called the Fitness Inquisition? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> aspen okay. Inquisition. All right. Question number two. Where does the term mocha come from? Mocha. Like what? what like where? Kitty. Is, Kitty. Like Latin America. Um, Are you looking for a country? A country? Or? A general uh, I'll leave, overall I'll leave, area? I'll, Jason. Even take, I'll even take a region. Yes. Costa Rica. It's up to you, Robert. Mocha. Colombia? Oh, no. Wow. Believe it or not, mocha comes from a port in Yemen. Where the drink was invented. Mm. That huh. is where mocha comes mm. from. Yemen. Yemen. Yeah. Yemen. Yemen. Yeah, Yemen. 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 Okay, question number <laughs> four. <laughs> this is question number four now. Listen, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> this food. Uh, I don't know who wrote these. These are all so bizarre. This food aided in the production of bombs during World War II. During World War II, Americans food. were encouraged to save this food byproduct to send to the U.S. military to aid in the production of Jason. bombs. Jason. Jason. Bacon grease. Oh, I was going to say butter. That mm. is correct. Nice job, brother. That is correct. Wow. Okay. Nice job. And for the <clears throat> final question, currently uh, we're at tied. Jason has won. Robert has won. Nice job, guys. So this is going to be the tiebreaker between you two, although Kitty can play too, in which case we'll have a three-way tiebreaker. Tie All right. <laughs> this final question. Which country... Uses cheese and macaroons more than any other country. Is Wisconsin a country? No. <laughs> uh, cheese and macaroons. Macaroons. Kitty. Which country? Kitty. France. Mm. Jason. France. Jason. Sweden. It is ah. Sweden. Robert. Robert. Switzerland. It is not Switzerland. Oh. Oh. Germany. Germany. It is, no, not Germany. Wow. Austria. No. <laughs> China. Australia. Come on, guys. Wow. Wisconsin. Green Bay. Wisconsin is the closest one you've been so far. <laughs> Canada. It is Canada. Oh, oh wow. Canada. Wow. wow. Canada. Okay. Well, yeah. we got a tie. Tie goes to the dog whisperer. We'll get you a t-shirt. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. We'll nice job, Robert. Thanks for playing, brother. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. What a great conversation. Thank you so much for enlightening us about canines. Any, and any, yeah, any parting words for, yeah, what for, else the, would you for, like the, for the dog lovers out listeners there? Listeners to know. You know, just enjoy your dog. Their life is so short, you know, and it's one of those things that we often take things for granted that is, that are so common to us and so kind to us. And I think you really shouldn't do that. I think you should just really be so grateful for your dog every single day you have them. I love that. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate your time, Robert. We'll talk soon. My pleasure talking to Thank you, Robert. Thank you. That guy's awesome. Wow. I could have listened to him for hours. I mean, yeah. he just laid it down. Well, plus truth. 
plus he's not you know he's he's not he's direct you know he's blonde yeah. he's like you know like I like people he's just like yeah it's very authentic dog parks <laughs> <laughs> well and also the fact that he's talking about really building a relationship with your dog that wasn't really necessarily taught to me growing up it's like your dog is the family pet and it's there when it's you know not necessarily so, like yeah, I want yeah. this dog to please me and I'll please that dog is uh, the relationship for some reason at a very young age even though our the do- early dogs that we had were not friendly mm-hmm. like they were kind of mean like okay. they didn't they didn't really like me or anybody else in the family I always thought dogs were family members like I always treated sure. I, like th- to me they were the like same kids. they were the same as any as any human yep and I think that's the number one reason I don't have dogs I I've s- I don't want to leave a dog home I don't want a dog to be suffering or you know and then you do have to if you have a dog you are in, you are the onus you you're obligated yes. to train to to, sp- to spend time with that dog mentally and physically yep so if you own a dog and you just want a dog to lay there with you and the dog's you know, it's one thing if you adopt a dog at 12 years old who's got a lifespan of 13 that's a different story sure that I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to criticize people who do that. I adopted a 10 year old. Yeah. Yep. But, but you know what I mean? Like you get a puppy and it's a dog that should be out moving around and doing stuff. And, and you're laying with it, taking a nap. And, and leaving it in a cage or a kennel or yeah. leaving it at home for hours. It's just my opinion. I just won't do that. To and that's dog. not building a relationship. No. That's just. I've been here since 7.30 a.m. It is now, I won't get home. It'll be 12, 11, 12 hours. What am sure. I supposed to do? Have a dog just sit there all day? Yeah. Well, they don't mind. How do you know? I, I, would you like it? If you're if your whole li- not, if your no. whole life is looking at the door waiting for Jason to come home so he can eat and play in yeah. a crate, no, I'm yeah. I'm cool on that. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed Robert. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was a great guest. I should ask. I didn't ask him that question. Which one? Oh yeah, the crate. What do you, yeah. No, what do you think of people who leave their dogs home for? Oh. I'm sure he would have told you the answer. <laughs> that you, uh, yeah, uh, he would have told you a real authentic <laughs> answer. That's for sure. Well, hey, thanks for lining that one up. Or I'm mean, sorry, thanks for being part of that podcast. absolutely yes well, you know, thanks for doing the deep dive on that yeah you yeah. got it and My actually pleasure. i think it was angela who, who pointed me in the direction of robert cabral so that was a good yeah one. he was great did you like that one dan yeah that was wonderful i really enjoyed and that. i thank you for the questions but what the heck dude what were, were those aspen <laughs> kiss my ass jesus <laughs> <laughs> Cheese, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> organisms, and it just—I mean, okay. I was getting a little predictable. Yeah. We gotta, we yeah, gotta yeah, shake yeah, it up a little bit. No, I'm actually—I actually think it was great because it was—they were hard as heck. And, yeah, they uh, were. They, so anyway, hey, uh, Kitty, where should people go if they want to reach out to us? Podcast at powerblock.com. You can also send us your story, or if you have a testimonial, or any benefits, or super awesome. Results from utilizing power blocks or their kettlebell. They now have a heavy kettlebell. Check it out. More than just dumbbells.com will be a website. It is reality. I just waiting a little bit of time before that becomes reality. But also, in really, really exciting news, we are going to be on video. Yeah. Darn tootin' soon, right? Darn tootin' soon. Yeah. I like that. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's we're only a couple, three weeks away, right, from, from that being a reality. Pretty much, yeah. And yeah. My story at uh, powerblock.com, podcast at powerblock.com, jason.lindsay at powerblock.com. Reach out. Thanks for sharing, subscribing, supporting, and being a part of our squad. Thanks, Kitty. See you next week. Peace out. <laughs>